0: If there's no scandal, it's not a national final. Hello, and welcome to the Eurowhat, episode 176 for the week of January 2nd, 2023. Happy New Year! We are a pair of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest. I'm Mike McComb, and I'm joined today by Ben Smith. Hey, Ben. Hey, Mike. In this episode, we'll be catching up on Ukraine and Albania's song selections and the results of the ESC Top 250. Happy New Year, Ben. Happy New Year. It's been a really busy couple of weeks in Eurovision land. I guess they're not taking the holidays off this year. Because it is starting to kick up into selection season, we should set where we are in the Eurovision calendar in case we have some new listeners. All of the countries that are participating in Eurovision this year are going to be selecting their artists and their songs going through middle of March-ish. Most of them are going to have some sort of televised competition to make these selections. Because of that, we are going back to our weekly schedule, yay, and trying to keep up with everything as much as we possibly can. Uh, I'm trying to block February 11th from my mind space
1: right now. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah, it's the part of the year where I just have to start being like, I apologize. I am never going to go to your event on a... Saturday afternoon. I'm sorry. I already have plans.
0: Exactly. So much laundry is going to get folded. So
1: much, (laughs) so much laundry. (laughs) I am going to have so much charcuterie. I'm excited. It is
0: a lot of stuff to keep track of, but we are taking care of that on our website. You can find calendars, spreadsheet with all of the different selections, Spotify playlists. All of that is available at eurowhat.com slash 2023. If there's something that you think should be up there, let us know and we'll see what we can do about that. But we do have some selection stuff that we need to get caught up on because there were some things that happened at the tail end of December.
1: Last month, we were busy running a game show while things were happening. And literally, Ukraine was happening the same day we taped that last episode. The first five minutes of the record were taken over with everybody watching on their computer as the Ukraine results came in.
0: The Ukraine result that did come in was that Tvorchi and their song Heart of Steel will be their selection. Don't get what you say. This year's Vidbeer, it's weird to say I was looking forward to it, given the circumstances of what's going on in Ukraine right now. But they held it as a televised competition in Kiev in the Independence Square metro station, which is currently doubling as a bomb shelter.
1: It was slightly smaller than usual because they have a limited amount of space to build a television studio. There's one behind-the-scenes video showing that if you take two steps over this way, you are correct. You are hearing a train going by.
0: Yeah, really, that was the only indication that it was being held in a space that was not a TV studio. You could sometimes hear a train going by. It was really kind of a top-notch production. I mean, it's, it's really putting a lot of other national finals to shame. You Ukraine was able to pull this off. (laughs)
1: Ukraine did a full shiny floor music selection program in the middle of a war
0: in a train station underground. You have no excuse. (laughs) Congratulations for pulling this off. I'm sad that the situation presented itself, but...
1: Yeah, again, exquisite production, given the circumstances.
0: What are your thoughts on Heart of Steel?
1: Like, It wasn't my favorite of the things presented as part of the show, although I think the one that felt the most Ukrainian, or not, I say this with all love, it sounded like a Ukrainian one-man band falling down the stairs, was Finka's entry. That one
0: seemed to be really popular on Twitter. I was okay with that one. It, it had what I often refer to as third act problems this song's still going how is this going to actually wrap up Totally. Yeah. And I re-listened the next day
1: and was like, okay, you know what? This was definitely an in-the-moment feeling. Mm -hmm. In hindsight, glad this one isn't their entry this year. I also really liked Oi Sound Systems' entry. That was very beautiful
0: and very different. Yes. And that was one where I kind of wish that I was in the audience for that. I'm sure the acoustics were fantastic because, again, it was a metro station. And I don't think there would be any way to get that sort of audible sensation station you wouldn't be able to transmit that over television, but it had to have been an ethereal experience if you were in the room for that one. I can kind of understand why it didn't really go over well with the general audience. It was very art school, but it's like, oh, this is the sort of thing that I would be like, ooh, this is nifty.
1: Especially in a year where Ukraine is both the host and obviously does not want to host again, it's the perfect time for a moment that's maybe a little artier and a little different. I'm thinking of when Portugal hosted, I really loved their host entry, even though The general vibe in the room was like, we're good, thank
0: you. I think that is one of the things that I've really appreciated about the host entries for the last several Eurovisions, where it's been, let's take a big swing here because it's going to be in the final. And I, I think that that's helping to push some boundaries. And I think their selection is... Kind of in that vein, I think Heart of Steel reminds me a little bit of Belgium's entry last year, but a more polished version of Belgium's entry. I think if they had to go through the qualifying route, it, it would be a challenge. But since mm-hmm. it is automatically in the final, it's going to have the opportunity to have the full audience take it under yes. consideration.
1: exactly. I get what you mean there. So everybody is going to get to see this, whereas if it had to qualify, it would maybe
0: not have the full support it needs. The other entry that I really liked was Kruta, who had Lullaby as her mm-hmm. entry. And I loved her entry in 2020, so I was coming in already as a big fan of hers and what she was going to be able to do. It did well, did not win, obviously. And Kruta... Did challenge the results um and I, that's kind of a standard practice in <laughs> ukraine selection I must say, like, it oh, wouldn't yeah. be
1: vid beer without somebody challenging the results
0: went through the full appeal process the root of the problem was some of the pre-recorded backing vocals were a little too high and it was creating an effect that was being called Doubling, where the backing vocal was at the same level as the lead vocal. The backing vocal needs to be slightly reduced so that it is more of a backing vocal. And the producers were like, yeah, there was a glitch. Remember, we are in a metro station. And if we're going to go over every single performance with a fine tooth comb, chances are all 10 entries would be disqualified. So... This was a fault of production, not a fault of Tvorchi and what they were trying to do. Tvorchi will still be the representative. They signed the contracts a couple of days ago.
1: Our other selection that's happened since we last chatted is Albania. i Ikangas happened. And we have a winner. It is Albina and Familia Kelmeni with Duya. So they actually placed second in FIK this year with the jury right behind Elsa Lila's Evita. They're trying something different with FIK where there is a separate televote for the Eurovision selection. You were more of the FIK viewer than I was. I watched the semifinals this year and immediately was like, oh, Albania doesn't want to send a fun thing again this year because it didn't work out for them.
0: I don't know. I think you're overstating my credentials a little bit. I watched the first night of it and was really into it. The second night of it, I was really bored most of the time. There was nothing that caught my attention. Yeah, I think it's very
1: cool that Albania really loves stately ballads right now, but that is not my vibe. It, I, I am always going to be a person who wants a mehana sort of a deal. And again, I think after they sent something that was a little bit more uptempo and fun last year, and it was kind of all over the place, so I get why they're Maybe sort of retreating to a safe space in, in what gets selected for FIK, but it's not to my taste
0: and that's fine. Duya was in the first semifinal I think it was pretty obvious that it was going to do well. At, at least that was my takeaway from the performance, because after it was done, there was an encore. There generally aren't encores at FIK. And, oh, wow. Yeah. And the audience was singing along, and there were people in the audience with banners, with the faces of the people on stage. So it's like, <laughs> oh, this is an obvious crowd favorite. And learning more about Albina and the background of the song, she is originally from Kosovo. and. okay. Uh, yeah, so and things are kind of heating up in Kosovo right now and its relationship with Serbia. I think that is at the forefront of people's minds. Albania is really in support of either uniting with Kosovo or supporting Kosovo's bid for independence. I think there's a lot of... Albania-specific cultural support for this entry, which I think is great. Yes, I love stuff like that. Because it is going to end up getting revamped. It's still going to be in Albanian, but mm-hmm. I'm curious to see how the story of the song and the evolution of the performance of the song is interpreted outside of the Albanian-Kosovo context. I
1: was a little bit more of a fan of El Salila's entry Evita when it ended up winning with the jury, so it was very funny that Albanians like, we're doing a televote for our Eurovision. Selection and it's the first time where I'm like, oh, actually, I like what the jury's picked. So, yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Albania. Yeah,
0: well, you know, broken clocks and such, but. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs>
1: But yeah, and then digging into some background on Albina, it's Eurovision season, you're going to find a a voice of Albania connection on this sort of thing, but she was the runner up on the fourth series in 2014. All
0: right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow.
1: Wow, We've had the voice for a while, haven't we? Uh,
0: Yeah. And also the fact that that was so long ago. 2014. So yeah, that was, oh, eight years ago? Nine years ago now. Uh, no. No. Write the right dates on her checks, Mike. I know, I know. What's what? What what is a check? Um. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No word yet on when the revamp is going to be available. They've got a few months to think about it. So over the weekend was the ESC Top 250, which is the annual fan-voted countdown of the favorite 250 Eurovision songs of all time. The ESC
1: 250 fell on the day that I was traveling back from seeing family, so I was mostly absorbing where we were in the countdown by watching Twitter. There was an hour, hour and a half where I was packing my stuff up, where i had it on the background it was a very chaotic hour but mostly i absorbed things through twitter right until the moment i got on the plane which was the last half hour of things and oh Oh, yeah no (laughs) no and turned my phone off of airplane mode sort of watched the tweets roll and went wait what it happened Spain?
0: (laughs) Yes. So the big news is that Chanel's slow-mo from the 2022 contest dethroned Euphoria, Lorene's entry from 2012, to take the top spot in the countdown. Euphoria held the top spot every year it had been eligible. So from 2012 onward. This was a pretty big deal. Sitting in the living room, listening to the top 10, and they said, and here is number two, and then the air horn that starts... Euphoria. It was just like, oh, it this happened, and (laughs) and yeah, it it was wild. Looking at the data, which we have linked in the show notes, there were eleven thousand three hundred fourteen ballots submitted for all of the ESC two hundred and fifty. And slow mo was on 3,681 of them, so fully one-third of the ballots submitted had slow mo in some position. If all of those were one-point votes, it still would have finished in 25th place in the countdown. This was far and away the winner this year. Euphoria did finish second. Hold Me Closer, Sweden's entry for 2022, that finished in third. And Sweden had the most appearances in this year's countdown with 17 songs. So congratulations to them. Oh, yeah. I guess if you missed the last half hour, you were missing all of the gaming out of what was going to be in the top 10 and then the top five. Yes.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I picked the most chaotic possible time of the day to not be listening to this.
0: The way I approach the countdown is by the time you hear Waterloo, which I think came in at 22nd place, You're in Endgame at that point. Yeah, you 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 have a shortlist. You know what's going to happen still. Right. There are these songs from this year that we haven't heard yet, and it would be an absolute shock if they weren't included. So they're probably in there. There was stuff last year, we already know where they've slipped down, and the math was not quite mathing. There was a song from last year that was in the top 20. We haven't heard it yet, but there's not enough room for it. So everybody was trying to figure out which song that was going to be. Ended up being Kroona, which was Serbia's entry back in 2019. It was in 11th place last year, and it dropped to 273 this year. So it was not in the countdown at all. And I think part of that may have been Sano ended up In the top 20.
1: All of our Serbia energy immediately migrated to this year's entry.
0: Molotva, that one's always going to be pretty safe. But if you are specifically Team Serbia... Incorporisano. That is a good entry to get behind.
1: That was one of the ones where I'm like, that one had better be in the countdown somewhere this year, and hopefully not at where I'm listing right now, because it needs to be higher.
0: That was what got my 12 points. I was very happy to hear it, and I was also genuinely concerned. I was like, wait, what if it didn't actually get through? Because Moldova's entry, Trenuletl, that one was in the 100 to 110 range, which was surprising to me. I thought that would Yeah, one a that one felt super low to me. Other notable entries, Stefania, Ukraine's winning entry from this year, came in at number 39, which is the second lowest debut for a current year's winning song. That was kind of a head-scratcher moment. Ukraine's top entry was Shum, which took sixth place. The UK's Spaceman came in at 14th. That one also surprised me. I would have thought that that would have snuck into the top 10. Yeah. And I was also surprised to find out that It is only the second UK entry to ever reach the top 20. Love, Shine a Light had previously appeared in the top 20. Granted, this is a countdown that has a lot of recency bias built in, Mm -hmm. so maybe it shouldn't be that surprising, but you know. (laughs) Thinking about the last
1: couple of ESC 250s, there is very clearly a strong Spanish Eurovision contingent because there will always be various Spanish entries where you're like, wait, that's up this high? So it does not surprise me that that very, very fervent fandom combined with everybody else loving slow-mo pushed it to the top of all the songs to potentially dethrone euphoria. This one makes a lot of sense.
0: I saw a number of people on Twitter complaining about the Spanish fandom because there is like a toxic element to part of the Spanish fandom, which I think there are some legitimate criticisms there. But for something like this, my thought process is kind of, well, there's nothing in the rules about organization. As long as there was no cheating involved, where it's like, oh, I'm going to vote via my Facebook account and then vote via my Twitter account. That part's not cool, but if you're getting all of your friends to vote this way, I think that's totally legitimate. I don't know. It, it is such a good song. It had it got my 10 points. I started composing a ballot in my head and mostly voted with my heart rather than my computer
1: in terms of this year's ESC 250, but it was probably going to get at least eight points from me.
0: Even if there were some dubious ballots in those 3,600 ballots, there still would have been enough legitimate room for this to take the top spot and i mean euphoria had a very 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 good run at the top here so uh, I, i think it's time for there to be some change
1: at the top. Just like an ESC 250 Hall of Fame, where it moved on to being an emeritus selection that, that yes, thank you for the vote, but also it's good.
0: When people were realizing that there was an entry that was going to be missing from the top 20, top 15, top 10, I started thinking, well, wait, maybe it was like with Candace Bergen and Oprah with the Emmys, where they're like, oh, I've won enough times. Do not put me in for consideration. <laughs> so it's like, maybe they took Euphoria out and didn't announce it. But no, of course, they would not have done that
1: so it's very similar to how the vmas are now where it's like you know what if the bts army wants to organize and get them nominated for band of the year every year good on them Mm -hmm, yeah
0: if it makes it boring then figure that out when that happens but
1: then add something to the rules to spice it up great news you've you've nominated them so many times that we're going to give them the video vanguard award and they're banned
0: i don't see that happening with euphoria and No. It's very possible that Euphoria could end up taking the top spot again next year, or a song that drops for the 2023 contest could be the next Eurovision Messiah. Is that where we're going with this? Yeah, it could be the new euphoria. (laughs) There we go.
1: A paradigm shifting song. It's been a decade. It's time. Congrats to everybody. We did
0: our New Year's Eve thing on the 30th rather than 31st. So yep, I'm going to stay on my couch all day and listen to these songs and crack jokes on Twitter. And the really nice thing about that was we stayed in watching Parks and Rec reruns on Peacock for the evening. And during one, of the commercial breaks, as we're on the tier that has commercial breaks, Peacock was doing a trailer of all of their upcoming programming for 2023. So Natasha Leon's new show, which I'm really excited about, a new season of Bel Air, a bunch of sports things, and Eurovision 2023 was on the list of events that they are covering. Oh, excellent! They're giving it promotion. Yes, all it was was Eurovision 2023 appearing on screen in Arial font. But I that that's all we need. <laughs> that is all we you know, need for confirmation. Yeah. <laughs> So you may have heard it here first, because I believe we are the only active users of Peacock. But <laughs> yeah,
1: let's Pe- Peacock intern, check your email for the press kit. Come on. They have to have the logo that says Liverpool 2023 at the bottom. That was the last two weeks. We have stuff coming
0: up in the next week.
1: Well, I hope you're excited for some logistics, but it's this program. If there's one thing that we're excited about, it's logistics. Yeah, it is. So many format changes. I'm so excited. There's going to be so many spreadsheets, and spreadsheets are my love language, mm-hmm. so... Get hyped, nerds. NRK is switching up the format thank goodness. Oh my gosh, they have seen my tweets, much like the Great British Bake Off people saw my tweets about Matt Lucas. I hate
0: to break it to you, but his new gig is going to be, no, uh,
1: If he is revealed as one of the subwoofers, I am throwing my television (laughs) at the window. God, that would be the worst. Anyways, this year's Melody Grand Prix is only going to have three semifinals, and there are no preselected acts.
0: Yay!
1: Hallelujah. The first of those semifinals will be January 14th. Not changing. The songs will be, released on Monday before each semi the first batch is coming this Monday
0: yay
1: and what this means is that there will be a nine act final on February 4th speaking of the confluence of Melody Grand Prix and British television Subwoofer did make an appearance on this year's big fat quiz of the year none of the panelists could fill in the blanks of before that wolf eats my grandma give that wolf a banana yeah
0: but they did get treated to a little dance so that that was fun and Jimmy Carr seemed genuinely delighted by (laughs) the performance you oh, this is pure Eurovision. So,
1: <laughs> Even if I hadn't seen the clip, if you had told me, Jimmy Carr was really into Like, yeah, that
0: seems like his vibe. Yes. And it really got me thinking about when they start this new series of NRK Melody Grand Prix. They have the children's choir version of Give That Wolf a Banana, but it is children in subwoofer
1: outfits.
0: Tiny yes. subwoofer outfits. Some of them green because they're not quite ripe yet. <laughs>
1: NRK producers, I don't care whatever opening you have, cancel it now
0: and do that. That will be happening a week from Saturday. Also happening a week from Saturday will be Belgium's national final. They have seven acts that are going to be competing. There are 14 songs that are in contention. Each act has two songs that are up for consideration. What they're going to do is each act is going to perform both songs for their competitors and their competitors are going to advise on which song should be selected as their potential entry for the contest. So, I am curious to see how that's going to work out, if we're going to see like the backstage aspect of that, or if we're just going to find out what the seven songs are Friday afternoon. And then the thought of, is there gamesmanship at play? I doubt there's going. Oh, to Oh, yeah. <laughs> <gamesmanship, but
1: laughs> maybe it's because I, I literally mainlined all of the British series of The Traitors mm-hmm. following our, our, our end of year year in review discussion. But I'm like, oh, wow, there's a whole strategic element now. No, there's not. This is happening as an artist to artist thing we're gonna see the seven that are there
0: those songs will be dropping on monday and i believe it's all 14 songs will be dropping on monday and duncan lawrence the winner of the 2019 eurovision song contest is scheduled to perform at the final i'm sitting here mentally picturing
1: all seven of the artists sitting around a round table affirming in like lemish or whatever that that they are a faithful yes (laughs) (laughs) also switching things up this year Greece. Much like Belgium, Greece has also narrowed things down to seven artists and songs. They are combining an audience committee's rankings with a seven-member expert panel's rankings to choose amongst those seven artists and songs. The percentage that they're using for weighting is the same percentage as what's being used at Eurovision this year, where it's like 50.6 for the audience that's slightly weighted in their favor, which I like. Yeah, it's it's the first time they're using this process. It seems a little convoluted. It also seems a little
0: cutesy with the whole seven artists and seven members.
1: and Yeah. Well, I feel not that different from ever switzerland's been doing the last couple years where they have an internal focus group of of euro fans or whatever it's just that greece is like we're really into sevens this year
0: is there some sort of numerology thing that i should be aware of and i'm totally not about the number seven this year in particular oh i maybe it's because two plus zero plus two plus three there we go oh
1: <laughs> I'm thinking of the one meme where it's the guy from the WWE getting progressively more excited. And <laughs> we just hit the one where he's laser eyes Yeah, <laughs> of, of two plus zero plus two plus three <laughs> equals seven this is the last weekend we have so so say hello to your loved ones let them know that you will be spending your saturdays from here until march on the couch Mm -hmm. it's the last one rest recharge drink some gatorade
0: electrolytes are important this is a marathon not a sprint yep stand up with the key change so that you can stretch get the blood flowing that's a good rule of thumb so (laughs) (laughs) i think that's going to do it for this episode of the euro what thanks for listening the EuroWhat podcast is hosted by Mike McComb, that's me,
1: and Ben Smith. That's me. You can find show notes, our socials, and all the info you need about selection
0: season for Eurovision 2023 on our website at EuroWhat.com. If you'd like to help support the show and access a ton of bonus content, head over to patreon.com patreon.com/slash EuroWhat. Next time on the EuroWhat, we'll be getting ready for Estonia's Este semi semifinals
1: and Malta Festival.